Welcome to the Steel Man Podcast, where we take a 15-minute look at a news story and try to have an honest conversation about it. We're the Steel Man. My name is Will, and with me is Jay. Say hi, Jay. Hey, Will. Hey, Jay. Why do you think Tupac faked his own death 23 years ago, but waited until now to kill Notorious? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that except to laugh at it. <laughs> okay. Today, we're going to talk about RBG and her recent death, which I think happened on September 18th. Am I right about that? Uh, that let's just go with that. Yeah. Okay. To just say one thing, uh, RIP RBG. I can't say that I'm overly familiar with every single thing she ever ruled on. I know she was one of the most liberal justices, uh, that there ever has been, particularly as it concerns, uh, civil rights issues, but she was pretty liberal across the board, but I think she's been on the right side of history as far as equality, uh, particularly for women's rights, uh, civil rights in general, LGBTQ rights, and uh, she was uh, she obviously had great character. She was best friends with basically her political opposite in Scalia. And I wish uh, we could all take a cue on how to just be a good person and uh, treat people well, no matter their political views. Uh, she was a good example of that. When we talk about her, uh, her importance to uh, all the rights that you mentioned, that's one thing that to me, a judge, I don't know if it's possible, but I think the goal of a judge is to not be a proponent of, of what's just, I guess, because you're, you're just kind of like interpreting a rule. And even if the rule is unjust, your job is to interpret the unjust rule. The person, the, to me, in, in this form of government, the job of defining what is just is Congress. Like Congress should pass laws that are just. And if Congress passed bad laws... The judges interpret those bad laws and holds the, holds you to accountable to the law. I, I think that's what the importance of the separation of these three branches of government are for what it's worth, if you even care about those things. But that's how I, I look at it. So when I look at her legacy, I mean, sure, she was great for all those rights. But I mean, was she really supposed to be being an advocate for those those rights in her role? Yeah, well, here's where I can have I can have sympathy either way. Because yeah, if you ask anybody, hey, should people be objective uh, in general? Yes. Hey, if you are a judge and you're deciding the fates of people and you have a specific job description to interpret the laws in the most impartial way possible, it's a, it, I would say shame on you if you let your own personal motivations get to you. But then again, you can't, if you, ju- if you really believe something's right, and you kind of have to not do your job because you're doing something that's morally good and that you truly believe is morally good. Like if my job requires me to do something morally wrong, then I don't know, I probably wouldn't do it either. It does sound like a bit of a like a just doing your job excuse to be. I, I mean, if you feel you know what I mean, it, I, I do know what you mean. It's just I, and I don't know if we disagree on this. I just think that if you believe in, in there's an injustice and there's two roles to choose from, one is interpreting the letter of the law, no matter the view of whether it's just or unjust. And the other one is creating just or unjust laws. Then maybe you should be going down that career path of creating just and unjust laws, like finding justice on the battlefield of fighting justice. Yeah, I, I just think it's kind of disingenuous for somebody to have that mindset and then become an advocate in an area that's expressively not supposed to be a lane for advocacy. Yeah, agreed. 
so she had died. It's been a pretty big deal, and Trump has already declared that he's going to nominate somebody. And we learned over the weekend that it was going to be a woman named Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, what we know about her is that she's a Notre Dame law professor. She's a former federal appellate judge. She's a devout Catholic, and she's a professional woman with, I think she has seven kids. Uh, she belongs to a very religious household. I guess what we're going to talk about today is um, the left, the Democrats, they're really worried about uh, this Amy Barrett becoming a member of the Supreme Court. And so, I don't know, what do you think the response should be from the Democrats regarding this? Well, I hope it's measured. But from the Democrats' point of view, I mean, 5-4 conservative edge on the court is bad enough, but going 6-3, I mean, they must feel doomed. They probably think Roe v. Wade is going to eventually come up and get reversed. That You know, I think, I'm pretty sure the polls show most people don't want Roe v. Wade overturned at this point. And I don't know that even with a 6-3, that you're going to get a majority that will overturn that precedent, Right. Uh, as far as precedent goes, the court does seem pretty interested in upholding it. And then the other thing with the uh, Affordable Care Act, it is kind of hard for me to imagine in a pandemic overturning uh, the Affordable Care Act and just saying, oh, well, no more uh, no more health care system. Hope you can come up with something quick. So they're, I think they, they're overreacting to the 6-3. But uh, yeah, what should the Democrats do? We're watching a battle. I mean, we're watching an, a war escalate one step at a time. The temperature between the two parties and all their constituents, well, most of their constituents. I do think there's a little bit of an exaggeration on how different the average Democrat is to the average Republican. I actually saw a chart. Uh, I'm not going to bother pulling it up right now, but it just measured what Republicans thought Democrats believed and what Democrats thought Republicans believed. And then it polled those people on uh, what they did actually believe. And it's, it's way different. Everyone on the right thinks that any Democrat is a far left totalitarian communist, basically. And everybody, uh, er all the Democrats think every Republican is this far right, alt right, white supremacist, fascist. It's like, but we definitely are splitting apart. Like we're heading towards the most extreme end, which to me, it's it's a bigger problem than any particular stupid thing either party thinks is important. So in that spirit, what I hope the Democrats do is take a breath, let the conservative court be have this six three lean. And, you know, take the L on it. They they got unlucky, but in the spirit of stopping hitting each other haymaker after haymaker, if they overreact and do stuff like, you know, pack the courts or uh, just uh, immediately make Puerto Rico and D.C. a state just to get the extra liberal senators, it's going to be taken as another punch to the face of Republicans, it's just another form of escalation. So in my opinion, I think they should take it easy. Don't do, don't do anything crazy with the court and keep the temperature down. Let me ask you a question, Will. Is it right or wrong for the Republicans to put through this nomination? Like, should they wait? I mean, if they're losers, they should wait. I mean, <laughs> politics is a game. You have winners and losers. If the Democrats are in the same position, if any political party was in the same position, 
they would do the same thing. So, I mean, what kind of person are you where you know that like, like that's the reality you live in and you're just going to take the L for what? For a principle? What is that principle? And what makes you think that that principle is, it matters to anybody but you? So, I don't know. I think it's fine that they nominate uh, a judge. And if people view that as rushing it or doing something that's not right, then they'll lose in the election. That's my opinion on it. Right. Yeah, no, uh, the the Democrats would totally do the same thing. Yeah, the the they're trying to win, and if they have to do something that's quote unquote unfair, if they really believe it's the right thing to do, and their constituents believe it's the right thing to do, then they should do it, right? Yeah, I mean, my I, only oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, Obama basically tried to do the same thing. The only thing he didn't have going for him was a Senate that shared his political affiliation. But he was basically trying to do it. He wanted the Republicans to hold the hearings. And then if they would have held the hearings, then I'm sure the Democratic Party, Obama, the media would be like, hey, anytime we do a hearing, it's basically you just basically give them the the rubber stamp, except for that Bork case. But other than that, rubber stamp it. So they, they were basically trying to do the same thing. They just didn't have everything going for them like the Republicans do now. Yep. And uh and so, and that, so from that perspective, from like the logical, rational perspective of a partisan uh, to uh, advance their agenda, yet then, yeah, we agree. Of course they should do it. If you think something is the right thing to do, but you're pissing people off to do it, then you don't worry about pissing people off. Do you think in the spirit of democracy, do you wish they would wait for the sake of letting the people decide the president and Senate in this election and then decide the all important judge that's going to be there for decades. I'm all about compromise. So I think what should happen is that the Republicans should get their way and that Trump should lose the election. And I think that's a fair compromise. And then from there we can move on as a country. Yeah. Uh, Here's something else I wanted to talk about. So there are some things that the Democrats could do uh, if they do win the election in the Senate to get their way. And I think you can, you can make the same argument about, hey, if you truly believe in one, one thing or another, or and in this case, if you believe in the, the liberal agenda uh, or, or the conservative agenda, that it doesn't matter what precedents there are. Like if there are all these informal rules that Congress has been using, and it makes me wonder... Why are they informal? Like, if they're important, if everyone should abide by them, then put them into damn law. So in, in some sense, I, just, I kind of uh, think if you're the Democrats, then why not pack the court? Why not add two more Supreme Court members? Because, hey, wh- why should only nine people decide the validity of legislation for 300 plus million people? Like, when if the country isn't, 60 something percent conservative and 30, you know, something percent uh, liberal. Why should the Supreme Court be made up that way? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I just don't care. Like they could put 35 people on the court. To me, this is just like a sign of what's wrong with a democracy. We live in a country that we celebrate because it tried not to be a democracy. It tried to be a republic. So I don't know. I, I feel like we're, we're reaching that point in history where where the last vestiges of us being a republic are quickly being torn down by people and, you know, give them what they want. Let, let the country become a democracy 
and I, I think bad things will happen. But, you know, lessons only are learned temporarily by bad things happening. Let me ask you this. Like, if, if you could change one thing about the, pro, like the three-branch government uh, that would put it in a direction that you yourself would find fair and favorable, uh, I don't know, is there anything that you can think of where you're like, you know, if they would just do this and this, we wouldn't be in a, such a contentious situation where everyone hates each other. That's a good question. So my, obviously, you know who I am. I, I am just in favor of getting rid of this system. Like I, I'm not, I don't think a democracy or a dying Republic is worth saving. <laughs> like it's just, it's not my form of government. I think it's unjust. Uh, but if I had to pick something, I guess term limits, and I mean like severe term limits, like you can only rule run once. If you can somehow prevent there being a political class at all, I think that would be better for the country. Yeah. And I know the counter argument is like, oh, you need people and experience to to be able to run the country. I just, I think that's the problem. Like creating a whole class that survives on there being this mechanism of power to control people is 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 a, is a huge issue and so maybe you could devise maybe you could devise some sort of term limit to prevent that from happening yeah yeah i i have to agree that part of the problem is that there's all this interpersonal conflict between senate republicans and uh democrats and in the house i mean i we focus on the senate most of the contention i think is in the senate but yeah the i mean democrats at this point, they just hate Mitch McConnell, and Mitch McConnell hates him right back. It does feel like it's more like revenge. Like the, the, the winning the fight for them between each other seems more important to them than governing well. But I want to answer my own question, actually. So for me, term limits sound great. I would do that, too. I would say, let's keep them, I don't know, you could give them two or three, but you shouldn't be able to stay in there so long that it becomes just nor a normal job to you. I would want people in there who really want to get stuff done and know they have a limited time to do it. And it would prevent, uh, uh, you know, too much, too much history developing between uh, people. Republicans and Democrats, I see as two kids on a playground fighting over who gets to go down the slide next not realizing they're tearing the slide apart as they do it, and soon no one will go down it ever again. Well, that, that's pretty good. Do you have anything else you want to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, one more thing. Well, I'm sorry we're out of time. <laughs>